Are you a parent, a teacher, or a caregiver? Do you struggle with how to talk to children about the tough topic of losing a pet? In this episode, I have a conversation with two incredible women who have not only written a touching book on the subject, but are also experts in guiding young hearts through these difficult moments. Stay tuned to gain practical insights and powerful strategies to empower kids through the grieving process. Next on the Executor Help Podcast. This is the Executor Help Podcast. Learn how to settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, go to davidedy.com. Now here's your host, David Eady. With me today is Kat Pendergrass and Lacey Breckner. They are award-winning and best-selling children's authors. They are Together they wrote the new book, Goodbye Bella, a pet loss story. Actually, it's a guide for young readers to prepare to comprehend and cope with the loss of a pet. Uh, Kat and Lacey, thank you both for taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. Why don't we just start at the top, kind of, how did you guys meet and end up working together on this particular project? I am a funeral director, and Catherine works on the pre-need side of funeral service, and we met um, at the funeral home I was working at, and she had told me that she was a children's author, and we just kind of got to visiting and talking and found that there was kind of a need for children's books that dealt with grief and loss, and our book sort of evolved from there. So, Kat, can you tell me what was the inspiration behind uh, Goodbye, Bella? do this joint project? Like Lacey mentioned, we ended up collaborating on a set of books that help children during the funeral process. And so um, we have two books in that that set. One is more traditional. The other one is cremation, just visually what kids see are very different. So we did two of them. That one, it shows what a visitation, a funeral graveside service might look like. And then we get into grieving morning activities they can do individually and as a family. And from that, we just had so many requests to do a pet version. And so that's how Goodbye Bella really came about. And a lot of Goodbye Bella is really um, inspired by our personal experiences with losing our pets. And, uh, you know, so just creating another tool and resources for families that have experienced a loss. Now, Lacey, I know it's like, like Kat just said, it's it's an emotional time. And I know it's also a challenging experience because in our home, we have uh, three cats and now we're down to one. And I know it can be hard on an adult. And, and for I know probably difficult for even more difficult for a child. How does Goodbye Bella address the specific needs of young readers during this difficult time? Sure. It um it, it kind of walks them through things that they might experience. It kind of opens the door for communication. I think sometimes as parents and adults, we're maybe a little nervous to have that conversation with our child about death. It, it can be scary. And so the books help open that door to have that conversation about it. Well, what, in what way do children experience grief differently than adults? You know, there's a lot of of similarities, but, you know, some of the differences maybe would be kids might not quite verbalize or say what they're feeling. So you might need to kind of prompt them or initiate the conversation. They might show um, their grief in you know, in non-traditional ways by maybe, maybe they're, they're quiet and not saying much, or maybe they're acting out and really it's the grief coming out and you might not recognize that right away. Kat, do you think in what way, in, when it comes to the book, 
can you share some of the techniques or tools from the book that help children comprehend and cope with uh, a pet loss? Yeah, and, and sometimes children will have fears that maybe we don't have as adults. For example, my son, when Pickles died, which was a dog, he was very worried that his favorite dog was going to pass away. And that's very common for children to have that fear that just because one passed away that others might, and same with humans. In the book, the young girl, she's afraid that she's not going to have the opportunity to say goodbye to Bella. She knows Bella's sick and is not going to be around much longer. And so she decides to do something very special. And she says goodbye to Bella pretty much every day and decides to to do that so she doesn't miss that. Um, Lacey, you're in the, as a funeral director, parents, they play a crucial role in helping their children navigate grief. How does the book serve as a resource for parents to initiate and facilitate difficult and, and important conversations that have to take place? Right. Yep. So it's, you know, it's a storybook form. So I think, you know, the kids can relate to our characters in the books, you know, reading and seeing the illustrations of what, you know, it can, the books kind of walk through the process a little bit of what a child might expect to see or how things might go for them. Right. Did the, the story, is it, is it based on the loss of pickles or is it, a, is it between the two of you in terms of the emotions and the story of things that you've seen or you experienced with your own loss of a pet? Well, I think it's kind of a combination of a lot of different things. A lot of Goodbye Bella was inspired by um, my Great Danes that passed away last year. Bella is a Great Dane in the book. But uh, Carmela, she was a certified pet therapy dog, and um, we volunteered in the community with kids, and she was just very well liked. So many people just loved her and, and things like that. So um, a lot of the inspiration is from her and um, a lot of the aging things that we saw in our pets, um, maybe having accidents on the floor, not wanting to play as much, um, just some of those things. and, and the Lacey also had experienced some losses as well. I don't know if you want to mention those. Sure. Kind of a neat little thing that I, we experienced when our pets passed, uh, specifically uh, Max, we still had Layla, little Yorkie, and it was kind of neat. We brought Max home from the vet and he had passed and we let Layla, our Yorkie, kind of sniff um, and spend some time with him. And it was very clear that our other animal, Layla, was grieving you could, you could just kind of see it in his body language, kind of a neat little experience. Yep. So you knew that his, his buddy wasn't there anymore. Absolutely. Yep. You could very much see that other pets, they're in tune with that and they, they, they grieve as well. I, I seen that because we, like I said, we had three cats are now down to one when, when recently the buddy passed away. Yeah. Buddy passed away. And the one that's left now, she's now, you know, walking around and the first couple of days she was just walking around, I guess, looking, looking for him. And, Absolutely. and then she knew that uh, my partner, Susan, she, she knew that she was hurting a lot. So she seemed to be intuitive to be always around her at all as one, I guess, to comfort each other. Or she knew that there was something wrong that uh, hopefully could, she could help, uh, I forgot the cat's name. Now I remember Whiskers and Whiskers was around her a lot. So 
when someone loses a pet or or when they lose a, a family member are pets more are they in tune to also that there's a loss of a of a master of uh, another the human being in the house i certainly believe that um even just watching some of the amazing videos online of like military dog where the soldier has passed away they bring the dog to the funeral and that dog just stays right by the casket and is grieving and you can just like see it and feel it and I certainly think that they grieve after losing an owner or a family member for sure yeah. Absolutely. And at the, on the, you know, in funeral service, there's been many times at the funeral home where we've had a service and family has asked, can we bring our pet in and spend some time with their loved one who's died? And many times we've done that. It's kind of, it's a neat experience. Well, in my book, I do have a, a whole section on, on, on how much pets do help in the grieving process. If someone loses, uh, you know, a spouse or a, a child or anything like that, they, the pet will sense it and be there for them. And they'll just, just either lie on them or, um, you know, if they see that, you know, they're grieving and they don't want to get out of bed, but they'll not probably come in, you know, tug on them, let's go outside, or they'll just be there and make you think, you know what, I need to get out of bed. Let me get over help start to, you know, grieve but let me keep moving and, and not move and go into depression so the power of a pet is is probably sometimes overlooked in terms of uh what they can bring to the family in terms of especially in an unexpected emergency if someone passes away cat you're an award-winning children's author and you have a unique ability to connect with young readers how did well bo i'll ask the question to both of you how did you ensure that the book's language and the tone uh, was accessible and was relatable to children. Well, as a children's author, I definitely enjoy taking really difficult concepts and breaking it down and making it really simple so that children can understand that. And um, Lacey will probably talk a little bit about this, that kids understand a lot more and can handle a lot more than we probably give them credit for. But we also consulted with clinical psychologists to make sure that the language was appropriate for young children. Taking those concepts and breaking it down, uh, Mr. Rogers was definitely one of my inspirations as a child. And he was very real about things and very realistic. And so our illustrations in all of our books related to death, it's very realistic, but not in a scary way. So very soft and, and almost comforting in some ways. Yeah, what Catherine said was absolutely perfect. Um, definitely keeping things real was, was at the top of our list. And we couldn't, when we were kind of looking into what resources were out there for children, there wasn't a lot of of realistic sort of books like these. And so we wanted to provide that. Why do you say that grief is a sign of love? I think anytime you have an emotional response to someone passing away, it's a, you know, it's a sign that you had a relationship with that person or that animal, or maybe that person or animal made you feel loved and appreciated or um, had some sort of special connection. And so um, to me, yeah, love can be a, a sign that you had that relationship and you're going to grieve and mourn that person or that animal. 
grief might come out in different ways. Right. Sometimes it might be relieved that that animal died because there were suffering and in pain. Um, I know when my mom passed away, she battled cancer for quite a while and it was a, a very painful, a hard death really. And so my grief was, I was happy for her. I was relieved that she didn't have to suffer anymore and loved her in every way. But that grief was coming out as relief at certain points and other times, maybe anger that why did she have to die so young and everyone else has their mom and I don't. Um, so it's just different emotions that might come out. And yeah, because of that love. <laughs> I totally agree. I I, uh, I I hear what you're saying because um, both my parents I lost them to cancer, and they did. Well, my mom they said it was going to be six months, and it ended up being just a week. And oh. but you could see the suffering. And then I'm with my dad. He had uh, dementia, but also had cancer, and he was slowly was going down. And I spent the final day with him, and I guess he didn't want to pass and uh, pass away in front of me so I had just told him I'm just going to go out to get some supper dad I'll be right back and I didn't even get to the parking lot and they called and said uh, he's gone but I spent the day with him um, put my son on the phone let him talk in his ear and stuff he would squeeze my finger but um, yeah it's it is it is that relief that they're gone and they've decided this is the time to go but uh, it still it still hurts you're right you're absolutely right about why my mom why my dad uh, why can't they be around forever anyway yeah so when you said that i'm just nodding right away it's 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 still still with me all the time getting back to the book dealing with loss is a sensitive subject how do you approach balancing the emotional aspects of the story while providing a helpful supportive narrative for children like i said you know we kind of we just kind of walk them through things they might experience and things they things they might might see and and you know it opens the door for conversation sometimes as parents here we're we're nervous to talk about it with them we're afraid of what words and kind of how to present it and this walks them through and you know just gives them a starting point and i've always said it it's helpful to let your child lead when you're dealing with a loss. You know, like Catherine said earlier, kids tend to sometimes understand more than we give them credit for, but they're typically satisfied with simple answers. So when they ask a question, give them a simple answer. And if they, if that's not, you know, good for them, they'll ask more questions and they'll, you know, kind of let them lead and guide the way of how much information, you know, that they're, that they want to know. Go ahead, Kat, you were going to say something? I was just going to say that in the book, we also have places where kids can write and draw. And like Lacey mentioned, some kids might not be as verbal. And so writing out things, drawing things might be um, more suitable for certain children. And so we wanted to give different opportunities for each kid to kind of express what they're feeling and identify those emotions and try and create an action that could be positive. I know you said that families because they, you know, you're in, in, you're in the industry that people were asking for this. Where were the problems that they saw that they were having with children that they saw a need for a book like uh, Goodbye Bella? Um, I think some of the problems were just not knowing how to start that conversation, not knowing what to say, not knowing really how to present it to kids. Yeah. Is that the same problem, not only with the loss of a pet, but the loss of 
a, a loved one, a, a grandmother, a relative? Is it people just don't know where to start, what to say, especially if it's to a kid? Child? Absolutely. I would say they're very similar. Yeah. Whether it's a human loss or a pet loss. And for and the- to kind of protect our, our children and not be as truthful and letting them know, you know, grandma's not sleeping. We, you know, we, we don't want to tell them that because that can lead to other fears and being afraid to go to sleep. And that's not what we want. We, we want to be able to honor and remember our loved ones forever. And in my personal experience, my son is very vocal and he'll tell me, I really miss Carmela today. I really miss um, pickles or any animal or you know, that he's experienced loss with and it's long after they passed. And so we sit down and have the conversation. And as adults, sometimes we have a huge emotional response. Um, When we talk about my mom, he goes, do I ever make you feel bad when we talk about your mom? And I said, absolutely not. I want you to hear stories about my mom and get to know her, even though you never got to meet her. And so I love that he's able to do that and that I emotionally can handle all those conversations and those questions. Yeah, it's, it is a hard time. It is a hard thing to, especially if it's, again, talking about a parent and then you're trying to talk about the legacy that you want to pass on to them, uh, to the children, because you have such warm memories and you know it just brings up the the loss of not hearing their voice anymore i know the book is it's not just a storybook it's a guide for young readers can you just a little bit elaborate a little bit more about how you know parents teachers or counselors can support kids through the grieving process uh, i would say you know definitely keep it real and use appropriate terms like Catherine said before you know don't don't say, you know, grandma's sleeping or your loved one's sleeping. It's okay to give death a separate word because it's a separate experience. It's death isn't the same as sleeping. So you don't, you know, want to say things like that because that can be confusing for a child. Have you had feedback from parents, stories that you can share that how it helped them and uh, move forward in terms of uh, explaining loss of a pet or human loss? Have you had any uh, feedback? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Goodbye Bella just came out, but with our funeral books, we've received so much feedback from that. And probably one of the most surprising things that came from that feedback was how much it helped adults. You know, we designed the books to be for children, but we we received so many comments. Hey, it helped me as an adult. I had never been to a funeral before. As an adult, I didn't really know how to think about grieving and think of ways to honor and remember our loved one. Um, in the story of the funeral books, they decide to make monster cookies, which their grandma was famous for making. And they have those at their funeral. And a lot of people had said, you know, that gave me the idea to do something special at the funeral. Um, I just attended a funeral the other day. He loved M&Ms, peanut M&Ms. And so that was incorporated in into some of the the luncheon that they had, and everyone was supposed to take some peanut M and M's to honor him and remember him. And it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing, but just those simple things. Oh yeah, I remember my mom or dad really loved that, and we incorporated that. And I think that that's what makes it unique and personalized in remembering them. Yeah, well, t- let's touch a little bit on your your funeral books. Tell me a little bit about them 
and what's the goal of uh, uh, how you two collaborated on those? Well, and we wanted to create a tool and a resource for families that had children. There's just not a lot of tools and resources for families that have kids, especially during the funeral process. And so um, one of the things that we made really unique about our books is we have grandma in the casket. We, it, it opens up the conversation that grandma might look a little bit different than she normally does because she's not alive anymore. Um, a lot of great feedback around that. And it really opened up the conversation um, and, and being very real about things, but not in a scary way. And right. just getting down on a, a child's level, my son, he knew that my mom was in a cemetery, but he didn't really realize that she went in a casket in a vault and she was in the ground in that way. And so we got to have that conversation of that. Yeah, she actually is in a casket and she's buried underground. And so just very realistic in also wanting to help people think of ways to create grieving or mourning activities. Maybe it is making their favorite birthday cake on their birthday. There's going to be certain dates that could be pretty triggering. You might think, oh, I'm doing so well. And then Christmas hits and every Christmas grandma made a very special dinner or meal or some sort of thing that was everybody did. And so maybe creating a tradition around that okay, well, maybe every Christmas we go look at Christmas lights because that's what grandma loved to do or baking something special for them. You know, it doesn't have to be these elaborate things. When my mom passed away, probably the best thing that I ever did was on Mother's Day every year as I would plant flowers in my garden. And they were usually petunias because those are pretty hard and hardy and hard to kill. And I have no green thumb ability and neither did my mom and it was something that I, we could kind of joke about and have a loving memory of her because that was what we did on her last mother's day and so it was kind of a, a special memory for me so and how did the how, how did how did they uh grow this year they're kind of alive <laughs> not the answer i was looking for they're kind of alive really okay but you know what it it's it's you you put in the effort so you know the that's that's the beautiful thing, um, Lacey. So, as a funeral director, and and what you do, I I see is, is work uh, as an angel because you are seeing people at their worst, um, at something they probably never ex probably for their first time that they're going through it, and so you, you know, writing these funeral books and observing how families react. It, does that how they react? Do the children? get affected by it by all of the 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 crying the sobbing and um, you've probably seen that some family members take it to an, a different level you know they, they kind of make it about them uh, i'm not saying all families but there's always one and you've probably seen it does does, does that sort of thing affect a child as well I mean, I'm, I'm sure it does, but I think the most important thing is to include children when they want to be included. So I have a personal experience when I was a child that I had a, a great grandparent that had passed and I was young and I remember wanting to go to the service, 
but I wasn't allowed to. And my parents were doing the best they could. They thought by taking me um, that that was going to be um, more painful and more hard for me. So they thought it would be best that I not attend. And so I have very strong feelings about letting children participate if they want to. Don't force it. If they don't want to participate, absolutely. Figure out ways to where they wouldn't need to be involved. But if they want to, absolutely. At any age, at any stage or any sort of funeral experience, definitely let them be included. And the, what kind of conversations, I think we kind of touched it on already, but the conversations, do you sit down and say, you know, grandma's not gone to sleep, but, you know, she, you know, how, where do we go from there? Because again, we're talking about death. And when I do this show, it always comes up that people are afraid they avoid, they procrastinate talking about this this particular topic and it makes them uncomfortable. So if you're uncomfortable, how do you get comfortable to share that with your with a child? Yeah, it's it, it that can be tricky and that can be hard, you know, but I think opening the door and having more conversations. And I think, you know, we as a society we're scared to talk about death, but when it comes down to it, that's the one thing we all know will happen at some point. We all die. Spoiler so alert. Spoiler alert. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So let's, you know, remove the stigma and the fear around it, you know, yeah. and have those conversations and talk about it. Yeah. My final question to you both, the book, I see it as a much needed resource for families and educators. What did you hope that readers will take away from the book and how do you envision making it a positive impact in the lives of children dealing with a pet loss or even human loss when, when your funeral um, services uh, book series? Well, one thing we haven't really touched on is in the end, they end up um, adopting a new dog. And so um, kind of going along the lines that it's okay to love again. Um, sometimes it's really hard to, to do that. And, um, but we just really felt that it's okay to love again. You know, you're not replacing that dog, um, but you're, you're creating more love in your life, um, and room for another pet. Yeah. Yep. And to kind of continue on that, we recently adopted, um, a new dog and my youngest daughter, she's 11, um, kind of had a moment not too long ago where she was feeling sad over the loss of our of our Layla last fall. And she was kind of feeling guilty about loving a new dog. And I said to her, we have enough love in our hearts to love many animals. And Layla would want you to love a new dog. Layla's not here anymore, but we have the ability to, to adopt another dog and bring one into our home. And we have enough love in our hearts to do that. Uh, ladies, I really want to appreciate how can people find out more about uh, your work uh, the great stuff that you're doing, that you're helping families, especially children during a tough time. How can people find out more about you and, and get the book? Um, so it, it's available on Amazon. It's also available on my website, catsocks.com, K-A-T-S-S-O-C-K-S.com. And then any bookseller out there, any bookstore um, would have the books available. Pat Pendergrass, Lacey Breckner, I want to thank you so much for being here on the Executor Help podcast. Your book, Goodbye, Bella, A Pet Loss Story. It's a great read. It's going to help a lot of kids. It's going to help a lot of families because it's going to open up the conversations that will hopefully keep the family together during a really tough time. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. To catch up with all the latest from me, go to davideady.com. There you can follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.